Welcome to the Finding Nemo podcast. It's your host, Nemo. Today on the show, I brought in someone who's a legend and a stud. He's a guy who's impacted my life and faith more than he probably knows. So please welcome Luke Stiefel onto the show. You want to say anything? Um, thanks for having me out on the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think it's awesome. I've listened to every single episode, and it's awesome to see just, what, four months ago we were at camp? Yeah where you were at in your walk with faith to now sharing with hundreds of people on Spotify and all that. So it's really cool. It's been an honor. So just a little heads up, Luke was in my cabin at Canacook and he got a front row seat and was honestly part of me coming to Christ at camp and turning over a new page. So you were in my cabin. When I first walked in, what what were you thinking? What were you thinking when I walked in? So, Nemo first walked in, and I don't think he said a word to anyone. You were you were Nehemiah at this point. Yeah. You weren't Nemo yet, but if you have ever seen this dude's jawline, he goes <laughs> off the impression of I'm too cool for everybody just because of his jawline. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. And so. I thought Nemo was going to be too cool for everybody and not going to talk and stuff, but as we went throughout camp, that, that turned to be completely false, <laughs> and we got to see his uh, his true amazing personality, but yeah, that, that was my first impression of you. <laughs> yeah, I definitely came into camp as like, okay, I don't know what this is, these are like all wimpy little kids, like, I'm way better, <laughs> oh, better wow. looking, like, that's, that's the spot I was in that. So that makes sense. <laughs> you Sad, sat in sadly. The, you sat in that top corner. Oh, of your yeah, I picked right over the counselors. Like I'm gonna be tight with the counselors because they're probably more my type, not these like immature seventeen year olds. Oh my goodness! But That's so our cabin like became brothers. Like you would say, probably the first night, oh, or yeah. second night. This year was my eleventh year at camp, right? Yeah, and. I've never seen a cabin become that tight that quick. I mean, second night, right? Second night yeah, in devotional at nighttime. Guys were just opening up about their struggles and where they were at spiritually, and it was it was it was amazing to see a group of guys bond that quick. Yeah, it was. I don't know what it was like. No other cabin was like us. <laughs> we had we we had the was it the Yee Yee Gang? Yee Yee Gang. Oh, we yeah. walk around in cowboy hats, Russ. My man, he got me a cowboy hat like fourth day in, so I got to join the gang, which was awesome. <laughs> so, um, so after that, like first two nights, like I shared, like I think it was the second night, my testimony. It wasn't even a testimony yet, cause I didn't. I yeah, wouldn't say I was yeah. saved at that point. I shared my story, and I told everybody, I was like, basically, I don't know who this Jesus guy is and I don't understand why he would cause me so much pain. Yeah. And what were you thinking like when you found out like my story and like First off, I sound terrible for this. When I first heard your story, me and Hooper did not think it was true. <laughs> I mean just something that crazy. Yeah, like it's... it's so hard to comprehend that happening to somebody. And for as well as you spoke and everything, you're like, there's no way. No way. But day later, we completely believed it. Yeah. And I still believe it. And I know it's true. But 
hearing your story, I was almost heartbroken knowing that you did know Christ before your accident and that you knew what that relationship meant, what that relationship felt like. And as we got to know you throughout camp, it became, we became even more heartbroken of how amazing of a kid you were and how much of a light you were to everyone else, but you didn't personally know Christ. So when I first heard your story, it was like, it was kind of a shock because you know at camp you think everybody knows Christ and stuff. Yeah. But it was immediately God laid it on my heart that I wanted to reach out to you because of how cool of a guy you were. So that was that was my first initial thoughts whenever I heard your your story. Understandably, they didn't believe me. <laughs> but I'd say, like, are you being free? Like, are you just messing with me? I always have to get, like, a third or second person to confirm it. Confirm I think I tried to get Russ to confirm it, and he told everybody, like, no, he's just messing with you. And I'm, like, so <laughs> mad at him because I'm, like, for real, it's real. Russ was the only one that you really knew coming in, too. Yeah, so. I only knew him a week, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was interesting. Not a very reliable source. <laughs> Not really. Um. So, we get farther into camp and worship. I'm not. I'm not worshiping. Oh, yeah. I'm just standing there, miserable. I'm like, why am I on my feet, watching and listening to people sing? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we ever told you this, but me, Hooper, and Russ went out. I think it was maybe the fourth night, and like all of us just like in tears. In prayer with the counselors, it was after a worship that we just saw that, like, you just, you didn't feel anything and stuff. And us in tears, like, praying, like, God, come, come save our brother, come make yourself known. And we could see that you were trying to find that relationship because you knew about Christ, but you didn't know Christ personally. And so I don't know if we ever told you that, but... No, that's the first time. Yeah, but... um. We could see that you were trying, but just during worship and sermons and stuff, it just felt like another class period, I guess, of like historical knowledge rather than yeah your father. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it was. I just like remember standing there and like, nope, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it didn't hit. <laughs> no. And then like, on a more like fun note, like. We would stay up until like two or three in the morning. <laughs> Don't tell the directors or anything. Our, shout out to Mason and, and Andrew. They, they were clutch with letting us just talk like two in the morning. And these guys just like poured into me. And they would just ask me the most random questions. The dumbest questions. Like submarines and like everything. I learned probably the most in that like week and a half than I ever did in the first six months. It was crazy. Uh, and then... You had orange juice for the first time. Yeah, it blew my mind. <laughs> it probably wasn't the best orange juice either, but it was orange juice and you tried it. It so. was good, it was good. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you guys, like, which is, like, awesome to see, like, looking back, is, like, you not only prayed for me, but you also, like, did actions like to include me which I never had before yeah. and you guys like wanted to hang out with me which honestly like was the first like 
softening of my heart. Because I came into camp like a hard-hearted and like thinking like, oh, I'm not going to have friends. I'm just going to be the kid left out and like I'm doing all arounds and not doing a real, <laughs> a real specialty. Real specialty. And just seeing you guys like come around me was like honestly probably the first step of the Lord using you guys like to push me towards him. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say that I feel like one of our biggest mistakes as Christians is that we over complicate going and making disciples. And Christ said, go and make disciples. We think that it's like shoving the gospel down somebody's throat of like, if you don't accept Christ, you're going to go to hell. Yeah. And like really pushing the gospel when I think just with you and um, with Jackson too at camp, like I think just being there and being a light like God says to be a light the city set upon a hill uh, or Jesus said that and I think that's the best way to evangelize is to be a light and show like yeah. this is what a Christian looks like include those who who may not feel that way right now and show them what it really looks like and I think guys like Hooper and Russ like Nay, and like Nay, all, the all the, everyone in that cabin just did that amazing. Even if they weren't trying to, just being a light. And I think I I definitely saw it in you that you were seeing it. I even said to yeah. Hooper, or I said to Nate, "Oh, this is another amazing story." Sorry if I'm talking too much about it. I know it's but this is what we're here. For. <laughs> we're here to talk about this. We were uh, we were in Devos, right? And me and Nate were sitting there praying and we were saying like under our breaths like lord like show nemo how much we love them like show show him how much we love him show him how much we care for him and that like we want him to be included in everything and i kid you not five seconds later you spoke out and you were tearing up and you were saying like guys like this is the first time that i've felt like loved since my accident and stuff and like how y'all have included me has really like shown me so much, and I mean they were like that is the coolest thing ever. That's crazy. But just how God, no God like honors that, of like, us trying to be lights to you. He honored it and really, really opened up your heart through it, which is one of the coolest experiences of my life. Seeing that transformation. Yeah, it definitely will impact your faith and like. Oh, crazy! After camp, like I've heard you guys say, it, like you like you you grew my faith way more than any talk. That was like given. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah. Going back home and I learned this year at camp how to be a Christian leader. Mm-hmm. I've never really had to like, I mean, I go to Christian school, grow up in a Christian bubble. I've never had to really lead as a Christian and lead somebody to faith. And through you, like actually seeing God work and change a person. Not that you were a terrible person or anything. I was dying but, in the moment. <laughs> but God transforming someone to his son, a follower of Christ, was one of the coolest things. And it showed me how to be a leader in, in my everyday life, leading camp. That's, so, that's, that's awesome. I went on a little rabbit trail there. but <laughs> Yeah. So, like, that night of worship, like I think you were sitting right by me. Yeah, it was. You and Nate, and like, 
I just want to know, like, I haven't talked to you about this, but, like, what was, like, from your eyes, like, what happened during that song, like, Reckless Love, like, hit home. Oh, my That song goodness. still hits home. It, it still, you can be sitting alone in your room, that song hits home. But, so, you were standing between me and Nate, right? Yeah. And you were standing, like, maybe, like, like maybe one step in front of us, like, we were kind of staggered, right? And so, me and Nate see you, like, hands up just going in like worshiping your heart out and me and Nate are like hitting each other like bro 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 like, like going crazy for it you you can't see us cause we're like mouthing it to yeah. each other but we're hitting each other we're so hyped and stuff um because I mean that had been our biggest goal the entire time at camp as fun as camp is you know the, yeah, it's the praying for you and seeing you grow like we're like this is the moment like this is he's like feeling it he's feeling the presence of the lord and you turned to me after the song which like i do not cry much like i'm not a very emotional person right you turned to me after the song and said i'm done running like i still remember it yeah, you said I you said like, it three times you said i'm done running i'm done running i'm done running and i just started bawling Hooper was standing on my side. He started bawling. Nate started bawling. We turned around to the counselors and we were like, Nemo is saved. And yeah, I remember saying to you because I said to you, did you really like accept Christ? But are, are you just like saying it? And you were like, no, like I, I prayed and asked Christ in my heart. And I was like, let's go. Like, everything we had been trying felt, like, accomplished by the Lord in that moment. And, I mean, I actually, I just wrote an essay about it for English <laughs> class. But that might have been the happiest moment of my life. Like, not exaggerating at all. And I feel like I could say the same for many guys in our cabin. But, I mean, that night, too, I don't know if you're planning on talking about it. But, um, yeah. So that was my... My experience with you coming to Christ. Yeah. So. I remember, like, every moment of that, like. Oh, yeah. I can, like, picture it in my head, like, everything that happened. Yeah. And, like, I remember turning around and just seeing, like, the joy in your guys' eyes. And I'm, like, I've just <laughs> been blind this whole time. Like, yeah. How have I missed this? And then after, like, every, so many people were coming up to me, like, congratulating me and, like, welcome to the family and, like. Yeah. I was already feeling love, but, like, I really felt it after. That's what I feel like we're blinded back at home about that, like, Christianity is normal. And, like, you're surrounded by Christians, and, I mean, that's how I am. I can't speak for everyone on this, but that it's not as much of a celebration of seeing a somebody coming to Christ because it seems normal. But, like, when you truly understand the meaning of it and what is behind yeah. it, like, it just, it comes to a whole different level when that level should be the normal, you know? That level should be with everyone, but it's just, it's sadly not. So I think when you came to Christ and everyone was just, like, in that moment and the spirit was so heavy there, it was just one of the greatest moments ever. Yeah. And I, I'm so thankful for you and I'm so thankful for that experience and how that strengthened my my spiritual walk too yeah. so it's it's just it's crazy talking about it I have the biggest smile ever because yeah. 
We haven't uh, talked about it since. So this yeah, is the I haven't first actually time. talked to anybody in our cabin about it, which is yeah. Like thinking about that's kind of crazy. Uh, and then we, it was raining outside, and like it was the most peaceful rain I've ever experienced. <laughs> and there's this huge hill. It's called Cardiac, right? Yep. Cardiac hill, and you usually run it for punishments. And we decided as a cabin to run the whole hill in the rain, and that was the greatest run of my life. Like, I, know. I just like, and then I think our counselor Andrew he gave like this really motivational talk. He's like, <laughs> he was like pumping it up. So I'm like leaving all the sins at the bottom of the hill and like. This was like Nemo's like first. He was like he said something like it was a physical run up crying. the hill. It was, like, it was like yeah, but it was like Nemo's first run with the Lord and stuff. <laughs> it, was, it was it was something like that. But I remember moshing in the cabin. Oh yeah, it was, no music, just a mosh pit because you accepted Christ. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was such a great like just talking about that night just gets me on fire and like this, I know just I want to go do something. I know seriously, that's like, exactly what I'm saying. I can't sit still right now. And then, moving on, like, after that night, like, I saw camp as a, like, not just, like, I'm there to, because I have to be. It's, like, mm-hmm. I'm there for a reason. Yeah. And then, like, every night, we would have, like, worship sessions, like, in our cabin. Just everybody just, like, singing. And those Hooper, were, like... Hooper playing the guitar. Oh, yeah, and... Hooper going hard. And it yeah, was yeah. just... Those memories are, like, probably one of my, like, most fondest memories. It's just, like, being in the cabin with you guys. Yeah. And I don't, like, I, it's hard to explain, like, the feeling of, like, having a true friend. If you know what that means. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely real. I think I actually thought about this yesterday because somebody posted on their story, like, camp friends are greater. And I started to think to myself, why is that? Like, what makes a camp friend? And my initial yeah. thought was, oh, we're living with them for two weeks. So we just get really close. But then I realized later on that those friendships are 100%. The foundation of those friendships is Christ. Yeah. Because everything you do in that friendship is through Christ. You're worshiping together. You're praying together. You're reading the Bible together. And... You have accountability with them too. And I think that's what makes those relationships so strong. And I wish that that was how every relationship was. But yeah, that's why I think it's a family because it's yeah. a body of believers. I mean, it's, it's positive and you're glorifying God. And I think when you're glorifying God in anything, that's when it's at its full potential. So that's a lot of truth you just said like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was really good and in our cabin like we've stayed in touch like and it's been like four months yeah seriously I don't think I've ever stayed in touch with the cabin yeah like last night we FaceTimed the cabin yeah, it was great. everybody's like yo what's up what's going on and we're no. just it's crazy how tight we are and hopefully all the guys get back next summer and Honestly, this whole experience, like, it's so good to talk about it. Yeah. Like, going into the podcast, I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, I haven't really talked about this since. And, like, it just feels right to be able to talk about it. Yeah. I think it's just also a good motivator. Motivator for me. Motivator for 
out of those who are listening to go and really reach out and find those relationships and those those people you can pour into and be excited for you know that and if it's a non-believer too like finding finding the non-believers and showing that you're the light just like you found Nemo (laughs) finding Nemo Nemo. (laughs) it came out it came out that's terrible (laughs) what you're saying is like love people like from my experience people loving on me is like the greatest act of love yeah it's just loving and it may just be like the simple things of just like asking somebody who you want ask to come to like a bonfire you're having at your house just like ask them because it could mean the world to them like that could change how they feel that whole week and that could change how they see life and like make decisions it can also work as like a chain reaction too just like Hooper and Nate and those guys loved on you and then now you're speaking on this podcast and think about how many people I know people back at home were touched by your story back in Dallas where I'm from and who knows who how many other people are touched by your story and how you've come to Christ just because those guys loved on you yeah and like how much of a bigger impact it is than just the immediate result of your loving so it's 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 cool it's awesome yeah it's it's a crazy story and like you were the main one of the main characters wait I saw something weren't you the one who came up with the nickname Nemo <laughs> I just thought yes. about that like I, I am well I remember the first time we said it you were like I don't really like being called Nemo or something maybe I don't care but I've never been called Nemo it's probably, I probably said I don't care yeah I think you said I don't care and I was like everyone I know named Nehemiah I call Nemo and it just kind of caught on. We just all kept calling you Nemo. And, and then a few people call me Dory, but that's fine. Now I'm hearing your friends now call you Nemo. Yeah, and I'm like, like, I'm the reason for that. It all goes back to you. And I'm going to give you the glory for that one. <laughs> you came up with let's that. Let's go. Let's go. All right. The last question. The one <laughs> they've been waiting for. How does a boat float? Is it donuts? <laughs> air? I don't know. I think this is one of the most confusing questions to everyone. Because, like, I'm saying we're sitting in a house right now, right? Yeah. You throw the house on water that weighs half the amount of a boat, not even half. It's, it's going to sink. It's going to sink, you know? Yeah. So, me and my free time, because I love doing this, went and researched how does a boat float. <laughs> and the answer I got was buoyancy. Buoyancy. Don't know what it means. It's something with... It's definitely Maybe Spanish. there... I think there's more air in the boat than the density of the water. I can't tell you what that means, <laughs> but that is your reason for why boats float. That so, was the most complicated you see, I've had so far. The way I like to think of it, and <laughs> there's probably someone here that knows a lot about science that is like, Luke, you are the stupidest person ever. But if you fill up a balloon with air... <laughs> It floats through the air. It's like a boat is a metal balloon <laughs> that floats in the water. Boy, <laughs> that is the worst. Thing. We're gonna no, we're, we're talking about that. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end on that one. Sadly, all right, Luke. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, and 
thanks for pouring into me as a person and as a brother in Christ now. And you've, like I said in the intro, like you've impacted my life in so many ways. Like you don't like probably don't even know all the ways. I probably don't know all the ways, <laughs> but you mean a lot. And I'm glad you got to get come down to Branson and get on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about this because we haven't since since camp. But um, yeah, I enjoy watching your your growth and your your spiritual journey. It's definitely one of the coolest I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. So um, I encourage you to keep on and keep pouring to others. Yeah, I and, appreciate um, that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride. That's for sure, <laughs> to say the least. All right, a little update on the podcast. It's growing every day, thanks to all the listeners who have shared it with friends and family. The podcast has made its way into South Africa, Germany, the Philippines, Turkey, and Romania, and still Belize. Crazy stuff. Also, I realize I haven't like told you guys when I released the episode. Some of you may have picked it up, but I release a new episode every Sunday, so be on the watch for episode 7 next Sunday. Alrighty, this has been the Finding Nemo podcast, and we'll be seeing ya.